Before he shares God's message with us, our hearts will be blessed by a selection from our newly founded singer, Jezreel Brown. <laughs>
thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Blessings are mine 
with her ten thousand beside great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I have need that thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me Amen, church. Amen. 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 If I were a crying man, I would cry, Jez, today. Didn't your hearts burn within you as Jez ministered in music today? Thank you, Jezreel. And thank you. Thank you, youth, for saying yes to serve today. It's not often that you have young people who are brave enough. It's not that they're not willing, but brave. Brave to face the church. Hundreds of eyes looking at us. But the Lord is great. Amen. Amen. And God is good. And God is faithful. And that's what it's all about today. By way of information, I'm just going to get this out the way. You've been hearing about Babylon rising from It Is Written, evangelistic campaign, doing the legwork, the groundwork for this year. This will be soon. It will be next year. But they're having something coming up in a couple of months. And so the speaker, the new speaker of It Is Written, uh, Brother John... Bradshaw will be speaking in this desk next Sabbath. So we want you to be prepared for that. Now the announcements are out the way. Will you pray with me at this time? Oh God. We are so grateful that you are so faithful. We're in your presence today because of your mercy and your grace. And Father, we ask that your presence may continue during this message today. May our hearts, Father, turn to you so that our lives may be transformed for we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our word today 
comes to us from the book of Joshua. And while reading the Bible in 90 days, that's a challenge that uh, some of us have been doing. I know some of us have been reading the Bible for the year, but some of us have tried reading the Bible in 90 days and some six months. And while reading the Bible, this, this passage of scripture jumped out at me and said, preach me, preach me. <laughs> and I could not resist. Hence, we have the word before us. The word of God that I entitled today, Living with a Bad Decision. Living with a bad decision, young people use they. I want to borrow from the classics if you allow me today. I didn't have a choice in dealing with Shakespeare. I just had to do it in school. But there are some lessons to be learned from this great playwright. Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet will forever be remembered as a tragedy, Steve, of haste. A tragedy of haste. Juliet drinks poison, which makes her appear dead for 48 hours. 48 hours. To avoid a marriage that she herself caused to be the next day. The friar or monk would bring Romeo, her love, to her and all would be solved. Well, Romeo, not waiting too long, doesn't wait too long, sees the lifeless body of Juliet and kills himself. Juliet, he doesn't ask any counsel. He doesn't ask the friar any questions. He asks no one anything. Juliet awakes to see her love, a dead Romeo lying there. Not long dead, she takes the dagger of Romeo and plunges it in her chest. She kills herself. Hasty action, no thought of anyone. A, a tragedy, tragic stuff. And as we look at it, we see that all could be avoided. You see, church, today it's quite obvious that this is a dramatic situation. It is true. It is fitting for the soap operas, if you please. But from this story, as we see it, we learn some truths. We learn, we learn that in this story that, that, that there is no race to be won, only a price to be paid for life's more hasty decisions. Uh, we, make, we make irrational decisions sometimes because we avoid the trouble of properly weighing things. We all regret some decisions we make from time to time. To give you some examples, 
let's look at Christine O'Donnell. She made some decisions in her youth to, she says she dabbled in witchcraft. The moment she said that, people went into her background and found that she, were, she, she had participated in these uh, uh, events and that ended her campaign. Most politicians would tell you that was the deepest blow. That killed her chances of ever being elected. What we do in our youth, young people, will affect our future. The truth of the matter is, if you look even at your president today, they went as far back with him as elementary school in Indonesia. I didn't even know the president went to Indonesia, but that was important because that was what was done in his youth. He, the president even had to relate that he himself had participated with some drugs at an early age. What you do, the decisions you make. So when, Sister Rawls, the word you use, when you go on Facebook and you expose your chichis, that's the word I heard, it's new. <laughs> you expose your goodies or, or, or the way you carry yourself and you put it out there. Don't think that it won't affect you later on in life. It is there and people are going to dig it up. I give you another example of another uh, uh, congresswoman who was, who someone used a phone to take a photograph of her with a, with, with, with a, 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 uh, uh, a bong, which the youth know about, but this is an instrument that people use to, to, to smoke marijuana. One shot with the camera, and her career was in jeopardy. The, the decisions we make are important, and we all regret some of the decisions we make. I will, I will fess up right now and let you know that even the preacher have some regrets. Uh, my father told me, boy, because he never called me by my right name. Jelani. He never called me by my name. It's, I don't know, it must be a father thing. But he said, boy, you need to learn Spanish. And I looked at him and I said, dad, we are in an island. We do not speak Spanish. We speak English. 20 years later, I am happily married to a Mexican. <laughs> Therefore, we all, at some point in time, have to deal with the decisions we make in our youth. And so, if I had taken the advice, and this is one of the good advices that he had, I can't say he was the greatest dad, but he spoke some truth sometimes. And if I should have listened, I would have been fluent in Spanish today. I would understand what my mother-in-law says all the time. <laughs> Talking about decisions that you make or refuse to make in your youth. The decisions we make 
from time to time. Listen now, the decisions we make from time to time, as I said, will affect us. But not only that, not only that, decisions that we make uh, in life leave, even though you have thought about it, you have planned, you have imagined the outcome, even though you have done that, there are times that even the smallest pebble can cause the deepest waves in your life. Amen. Talking about decisions. Living with a bad decision. Uh, one, one, one great author said, Dominic, that, that, that the greatest deception that we have in our lives that people suffer from is the deception of our opinions. We suffer from our opinions. And, 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 and the thing is that we are deceived thinking that we have it all right when truly we don't. We truly we don't. But the decisions that I'm talking about today, we see in this, this passage. This passage today. But I want us also to look at the beauty of the word. Sometimes I just want to kiss the word. Because, because, you know, when we follow the word of God, and we love the word of God, the common errors that other men face, most of us will truly avoid. Amen. Look at Psalm, Psalm chapter 73 and verse 22. Psalm chapter uh, 73 and verse 22 to 25. If you look there, you will see, you will see the psalmist declaring, he says, I, New King James Version, I was so foolish. And ignorant. Jelani, he says, I was a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you because you hold me by my right hand. You will guide me, the Bible goes on to say, with your counsel. And afterward, uh, you will receive me to glory. The Bible says, who have I in heaven but you? And there is none on the earth that I desire but you. Proverb, proverb, proverb. Let's look at proverb because you know we need some wisdom. Proverb, proverb 69. Proverb 69, it goes on to tell us there that a man's heart plans his ways. But the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 19, 20, and 21 uh, wisdom in the Proverbs, it, 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 Proverbs 19 and 21, it, it says there, listen, 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 young people. It says, listen to counsel and receive instruction so that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's counsel, nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. The weeping prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah now, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter uh, 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 10 and 23, Jeremiah the weeping prophet says, Oh Lord, oh Lord, he says, Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. 
It is not in the man who walks to direct his steps. Young people today, the word of God is clear. The word of God is your GPS, your direction, your map in life. You can find direction. You can find hope. You can find what you want, to, the answers to your questions in this word. I want you to know, too, that in this passage we find here today, we notice this passage is concerned with the negative decisions, the effects of the negative decisions that they have in our lives. This passage before us today, young people, Miko, the passage before us today, in this passage, Joshua's decision declares the dangers of disregarding God's counsel. Let me say it again, church. Joshua's decision declares the dangers of disregarding God's counsel. You see, without the counsel of God, we are helpless. Like a baby eagle that has fallen out of its nest, the only hope it's, it, it has is the waiting jaws of a predator that's waiting down below. On the ground, the place of an eagle is not walking around on the ground. There is danger on the ground for an eagle. Let's look at, at Joshua chapter 9, 1 and 2. Joshua chapter 9, 1 and 2. I want us to look at that. Stay there. The Bible says, and it came to pass when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan in the hills and in the lowland, I'm reading the New King James Version, and in all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, all kinds of ites, they heard of it. What did they hear about? Well, the Bible tells us they heard about what God was doing with Israel, the destruction of Jericho and I. God was moving mightily among the Israelites. Great things were done when they trusted in God. Now, the Israelites understand they don't know that these pagan nations have gathered together in one accord. Are you with me, church? They were not aware of this. Uh, sometimes we are not aware of what's coming our way. We are not aware of the storms that are on the horizon. Let's look at chapter 8. See, when they were uh, uh, trusting in God, when they were with God, when they were following God, when they trusted in God, great things happened for them. Oh yes, great things. But, but, but you realize Joshua 8 verse 30, it also tells us that after they had conquered Ai, they gathered together at Mount Ebal. And at Mount Ebal, they had a beautiful ceremony. And they worshiped God. They gave their all to God. They lifted up God in prayer and thanksgiving. Verse 30 of chapter 8 says, Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. They glorified God and praised God. But here it is. Understand that when you are trusting in God 
and God is working mightily in your life, there are some enemies who are going to rise up around you. Young people, when you decide to stand up for Jesus, understand that you immediately create enemies. When you stand up for righteousness, when you stand up for that which is, are things of integrity, people will not like you. But I want to let you know today that you don't need those kind of people anyway. Amen. Verse 2 says they gathered together to fight with Joshua. The enemies, enemies will get together in one accord. People who hated each other will come together just because of standing with God. But you know, sometimes it's not that easy to identify your enemies. So you're, without God's counsel, you're helpless. Without God's counsel today, you're also clueless. You don't have a clue. You think you know things. Well, let me show you from the word that you ought to be careful that there's a danger when you don't have the counsel of God. You are clueless. So they didn't come as the rest of the, 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 the pagan nations. The Gibeonites, oh, they're smart. Listen how they did it. They dressed themselves. They worked how? Verse 4, they worked craftily. They're smart. And they pretended to be ambassadors. Are there some people around you pretending to be ambassadors? Pretending they have your, 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 your intentions at heart? They took old sacks on their donkeys and wineskins torn and mended. They made sure that everything was right. Old garments on themselves. And they went to Joshua, talking about being clueless. And when they went to Joshua, Steve, verse 6, Joshua and the camp, the people of Israel, verse 7, the men asked a question. See, sometimes when you are doing some, some you're entering into a contract, sometimes there's a suspicion that comes over you. And you're thinking to yourself, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do this. The Holy Spirit was working with Joshua and the leaders of Israel. But did they listen? No, they didn't. So, 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 so they came and they told them, I'm going to be your servant. Servant? Sounds like a plan, they're saying themselves. A good investment. But they said, who are you, verse 8? Where do you come from? So they told another lie. From a very far country, your servants have come. Your enemy, your enemy doesn't necessarily have to be out there. Enemy could be right here. Don't look at your neighbor. <laughs> they wanted to be servants. But the Bible is telling us that it's a facade, it's a put on, it's a pretense. They're clueless now. And why, why church, are they clueless? Well, the first thing is that they rely too much on common sense. Common sense and not the supernatural sense. 
They had the Urim and the Thummim at their disposal. What is that, young people? Well, well, God, Exodus, if you look at Exodus 28, go to Exodus 28, verse 30. Let's look at that. Exodus 28, verse 30 tells us that it says, And you shall put in your breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. So Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. Joshua and the leaders of Israel, leadership moment, they had the provision of God's, God's intention. All they needed to do was go to the priest and say, Priest, listen, there are some men in the camp. Are we to deal with them? Are we to join in a treaty or a covenant with them? And one side of this instrument that God dictated would have light up. And the will of the Lord would have been discerned. But did they use it? No. They chose to go on their own accord using common sense. They did not go to the priest Eleazar. They didn't go to the preacher to ask him anything. Another thing, they relied on too much on their senses. Verse 14. The men, then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Imagine this church. Would you eat moldy bread? Sour wine? If I brought some bread here today and said, church, I got some good, tasty, moldy bread. Anyone want to partake? I guarantee you nobody would partake and they would think the preacher is crazy. But that's exactly what the men did. The Hebrew word for, for, for took is the same word, lakak, is the same word Adam and Eve that was used in Genesis. They took the bread, they took the apple, they took it and they partook of it. And they didn't even utter a prayer of blessing. Think about that. Even a pagan would pray. You go into restaurants and you see people, you know people aren't Christians, and they pray as soon as time to eat, uh, let's bless the food. Amen. A little blessing. Men of Israel, people of God, they took up the victuals. The King James Version says they took the provisions and they ate it without much of a prayer. They relied too much, church, on common sense. They relied too much on their senses. They look okay. They look genuine. They seem fine. All the words they're speaking, it sounds logical that they would be out of town. I feel okay. They depended on their emotions. And they had the moldy bread. My brother and I would often go fishing. And we would go, uh, we didn't have the rod or anything. What we would do, we just get a line and we get a nice hook from the hardware store and we would go to the, 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 the seaside and we would just drop our hook 
put a nice fat juicy worm on that hook and we would drop that hook down the rocks and we sure enough would catch something. You would try to put just an empty hook down the, the rocks, you will get nothing. You will get nothing. But with, when, when, when you see this here, I want you to understand that it was Thomas Jefferson who, Jefferson who said, do not bite into the bait of pleasure till you know there is no hook beneath it. Unsuspecting, they swallowed it, both hook, line, and sinker. They bought it all. They were telling the truth and not a word to God. And isn't it like us? When everything looks plain and straight and open, isn't it like us to just go in and accept it? It looks okay. It looks all right. Everything looks seamlessly and working together. Let's proceed. Well, not only are you clueless and helpless, but you are now powerless because of a decision you did not pray about. Powerless because now they made a treaty. They made a covenant with these pagan people. And when you have made an oath with your mouth, it's not just to the individuals you have made it with. They made an oath with God. And they had to abide by it. They had to honor it. And three days later, they're sleeping with the enemy. Three days later, the Bible tells us in verses 15 to 18. Verse 16 says, And it happened at the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, that they heard that there were neighbors who dwelt near them. They were neighbors. But they bought their story, sleeping with the enemy, living with the enemy. They were living with a bad decision. Powerless because of the oath they made. Young people, today, it's in your moments of decision-making that your, your destiny is formed. Your destiny is shaped with your decisions, not the deception. The deception will always be there, but it's how you proceed with it. In your moments of decision-making, are you contemplating God? The truth of the matter is, you may be, you, you may be loving or, 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 or sleeping with the enemy, confiding with the enemy, eating with the enemy, smooching up with the enemy, and don't even know it. The decisions we make matter today. The school you choose to go matters. The girlfriend you choose to date matters. She'll be the mother of your children. The wife you choose to marry, the woman you choose to marry, the husband you choose to marry matters. The house you choose to live in, the mortgage matters. The car you choose to drive, it matters. How you choose to direct your life matters. I want the young people to know today that the decisions we make matter. 
I want to tell you the appeal of the text today is not just for you to change just a few things, develop a few virtues, and get rid of uh, uh, some vices. The text today of passage is asking us as a church to make a decision for Jesus. It is to take your relationship on a higher level. A higher level. Without prayer, we are exposed. When Satan, we are opposed. But in God's counsel, we are secure. For his wisdom will endure. The truth of the matter is, I want you to get it. When you make those decisions, you start smoking at an early age. It affects you later in life. Your lung doesn't clear up overnight. You, you, you don't have a brush that you just go in and, and get rid of it. You just flushed your future. I want to end this way today. I want to share a personal story talking about decisions and how you have to live with them. Some years ago, a young lady, 10, more than 10 years ago, a young lady made a decision to date a young man who all the family members disagreed with. And the family members would say, this is not the right way to go. Reconsider. But I love him. He's fine. So, she continued dating. She got pregnant. Oh, that's not the end of the world. We know that. But she got pregnant without even so much of the offer of a ring of engagement. Okay. There's still hope. God is merciful. So the family members come back again. Put their loving arms around the sister. Say, we love you, girl. It's not over. We love you. Come on. Lift your head up. We are with you. We are behind you. We are supporting you. Okay. So, they got married. Because you are pregnant, that means you need to get married? Really? I don't think so. But they did. And more children. So now, one thing led to another. The brother no longer loves the sister. They're married. And there's only verbal abuse. He doesn't care. They're just living together. She's doing everything. He doesn't want to work. She's doing everything. She's working. She's taking care of the children. She's cooking the food. She does overtime. She does everything. And 10 years later, it's the same thing. 
Nothing has changed. And the family is praying. And 10 years later, the young lady is stressed out, hands tied, doesn't know what to do because of a decision that was made. So now, what do you do? What do you tell such a young lady? Go pray about it. It's a start. It's a start. It's a start. But what do you do, church? A decision that could have been avoided. Well, this young lady is living with a bad decision. Now, it may be that she will lose her car. Now, it may be she doesn't know how to send the children to school. What do you do living with a bad decision? Well, there's one thing that I encourage young people today. I want to I want you to get this because you often hear people talk be careful think about the college you go to think about who you're dating is that person a man or woman of God are you playing Russian roulette with your life don't you know that you may have to very well live with that decision for the rest of your life that young man could look oh so smooth, oh smelling so nice in the Dolce Gabbana, dressed very sharp, and yet have HPV. And you don't know this. What do you do? I want to recommend to you young people today, here on the platform, in the church. Remember, you have to live with your decisions. Now, maybe you have been living with some bad decisions today, but there's hope for you. Later, at the end of this uh, book of, of Joshua, Joshua is able to say resolutely, look, you do what you want to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm giving you Jesus today. I don't know what kind of decision you're living with. I'm trying to get the attention, your attention today, to understand that you aren't the author of your destiny. And it may seem like a small decision. It may seem so, so unobtrusive. It may seem like something that will not bother your life. But I guarantee you today, as you walk through those doors, you are making a decision. What will it be, church? Young people, the day stresses on you. What will it be for you? We have all made, as I've said, some decisions we regret. There's some people may tell you, I don't have any regrets. Lies. I don't have no regrets. You should be in heaven then. We all make 
decisions we regret. So, I've asked Sister Robin to play this song here, this hymn. We're preparing people for baptism, giving Bible studies. We do that here. And if you want to deal with your bad decisions, this is one way of dealing with it. You can pray about it, and then you can act on, by faith, the decision. You move forward. You step to Christ. So today, we want to sing this hymn, I Need Thee Every Hour. And church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to sing it with me. I need thee every hour. I need thee every hour. 483 in your hymnals. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask young people, young adults, if you feel the Holy Spirit, which I know you do, because as I'm speaking here, I know he's working on your heart. And some of you know that you need to make a decision for Christ. And I came here to give you Jesus. What do you say, young people, today? Young adults, adults, people of God, somebody wanting to start anew with Christ. I need thee. Sing, church. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice. No tender voice like thine can peace up. I need thee. Thou nearby, I need thee. I need thee every church. Would you stand with me today? Can we hum it? I need thee. All right. Here's a church, the punchline. Is there a young person today that does not have that relationship with God and you want us to pray with you? Just come on down right here today. Amen. 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 Is there someone else? Maybe you aren't living with a bad decision. I don't know. But you're here today and you want to 
affirm your relationship with God, just raise your hand where you are. Amen. I see lots of affirmations. Amen. Now look. Look. The people who are affirming their relationship with God, I'd like you to do something for me. Just bow your heads and pray. Pray for someone today that does not have a relationship with Jesus, that's living with a bad decision. Young person, young adult, adult somewhere in this congregation that needs a breakthrough from God. Come on down this morning so we can pray with you. Are you here? Is there someone else today? I praise God for this young person who came down here like a conqueror today. She wasn't ashamed of Jesus. She came down because she loved the Lord. She wants to make a decision for Christ. The Lord moved on her heart and she understands. She doesn't know everything, but she felt moved, the moving of the Holy Spirit. Is there another young person here today? You're making a decision for Jesus. Amen. 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 Young men for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Is there some other young person today? You know what's going on in your own life. And you're saying, I don't care who is looking right now. And the church, church, I want you to pray. I believe in prayer. So bow your heads and pray. I'm not going to drag this out today, but I want somebody, I want somebody to surrender to Jesus. To say, yes, Lord, I'm all yours. I'm all yours today. Is there someone else today? Some young person. Some young adult. You may have made a bad decision in your life. And you are having to pay the consequences. But you know with God all things are possible. That he will make a way out of nowhere. He is the way maker. And you're here today. Are you here? I guess what? If you're here and you're feeling weak, just raise your hand wherever you are. We can get to you. You want to make that decision today? Where are you? Raise your hand so I can see it. Just raise it wherever you are. All right? We're going to pray. I'm going to pray with my little team right here. Let's pray, guys. Let's pray. Father and our God, we thank you so much. First of all, for the fruits of the Holy Spirit.